Welcome to Word Processing, a resource of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. Listen in as we discuss issues of God, His Word, and His people. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of Word Processing. This is Josiah along with Andrew and we are pastors at Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. And as is our habit, we want to take a few minutes today to discuss the Word of God. And in particular, the Word of God that was prepared and preached for us this past Sunday by Dr. Jim Rennie. And the topic of the week was faith. Andrew, I feel the topic of faith is one that we all as Christians just assume we understand. Um, But because of that, we rarely actually talk directly about it. It's like the air we breathe, but actually looking at that air and dissecting the air and understanding it, we don't do as much. Do you you think that's true? I think it's true. And I think I really acknowledge that this weekend. Um, Yeah. Part of what we do here is I often take the sermon that's being preached and preach it in a slightly altered way to our youth class. And so I really took some time with this this content this week. And as I was digging into it, I was like, wow, I, I have not thought about these aspects of faith in a long time or, or perhaps ever for certain parts of it. Yeah, I found Jim's message helpful just to, like you said, get me back to thinking about what is really paramount in our faith, in the Christian faith, right? We talk about walking by faith and coming to faith in Christ and being transformed by faith and all of those things which are true. But again, it's helpful sometimes to think about that which we celebrate. And I thought Jim did a great job of helping us uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, looking at faith and the the gift that it is, Mm -hmm. the discipline that it is, and the choice that it is. Mm -hmm. And those three facets I thought was really helpful. Let's start here maybe though. Let's start in our day and age in which we live. Why do you suppose... We both acknowledge that faith is always important for Christians. Sure. But Jim started on Sunday talking about why perhaps it is especially necessary to think about faith today and why we need it so much today. Do you think that's true? And why do you think that's true? I think it's true and partially because faith, as you just kind of alluded to a moment ago, I think it means so many different things Mm. in our, our, again, quote unquote, faith. Mm -hmm. um, You know, we talk about using the term faith as trust or we talk about faith as hope in some cases, or faith is a generic word we use to talk about our religious belief system or our worldview or, or different things like that. I think it means so many different things in the church and outside the church. Then you throw in the fact that I think, and I, go, I know we've said this a lot probably, but more than ever it seems there are so many voices and opinions and statistics and worldviews and, and all of these different things um, Maybe it's not more opinions than ever before, but I feel like we have more access to more opinions than before, or at least mm-hmm. end up letting in more voices, mm-hmm. perhaps than before, through the the social media era, the internet era, the, you know, I can go and check out five different churches on a Sunday online if I want to, um, even in the COVID era. And so I think it's, it, it comes to the level of importance because there is so many other things challenging our faith, whether we're talking about our again, our religious beliefs or our convictions or the things that we trust in and hope in. It's hard to know what to believe at times. Even one of the things we talked about in the youth class is that even when things like the news, you know, it's supposed to be facts. And yet we all know right now there is very distinctive news sites that are, you know, left-leaning or right-leaning or trying to be middle, but still very clearly biased. And, and you can't even know what to trust or believe in anymore. Um, so I think that's why everything is, is constantly a question. Why do you be, It's not just why do you believe what you believe, but do you even believe that? And along with that questioning, would you say, I think Jim made the case for this on Sunday as well, comes instability. Mm-hmm. When we don't know what to believe, when we don't know where to look for truth, when we don't know what we're putting our faith in, comes a great deal of 
instability in our lives. And right now, I think you made the case, and I feel it, that we ache for stability right now, predictability, normalization in our lives. And to totally. have that faith not sharp and defined and to know what we are putting our faith in can add to that, the fearfulness of life right now. Yeah, I think absolutely that's the case. I used the example on Sunday I was thinking about, I brought up 9-11 and I remember being in a school classroom when 9-11 happened. Kindergarten, right? <laughs> not not quite. No, <laughs> no I was a, a little bit older than that. But I remember when it happened and, you know, teachers came around and we turned on the radio and listened to all the events that were happening. Not once did we question, at least as far as I remember, did this thing actually happen in this moment? We were able to turn on the radio and say, a plane just flew into a building in New York City and trust that that happened. We had faith in that news report that this actually happened. I feel like nowadays, though, you turn on the news, you go online, you listen to the radio, if, if people still do that. And I feel like we're taught in some ways to almost question everything that we hear. And did this thing actually happen? I don't know. I have this kind of skepticism built in at, in some cases or the flip side where we immediately believe everything despite the fact that they contradict each other. And yes, that inevitably leads to uh, instability of, of anxiety and, and worrying and wondering and never really being sure of anything. And so in many ways on Sunday, Jim provided something to us to fight that instability mm-hmm. with, which is this faith. And he wouldn't say that it was an exhaustive study of faith Absolutely. on Sunday. It was in one particular passage in Hebrews chapter 11, which we often call the hall of faith, mm-hmm. where it's this list of heroes that showed faith. And the author of Hebrews is celebrating these people that have come before as faithful people, which is amazing. And I was impressed at the fact that he was able to keep this message to just the first few verses, because as soon as I dive into this passage, every time I'm like, man, I want to read about everybody and yeah. keep going. And what about Noah? What about this guy and this guy and that person and this woman and, and all these people? But he kept it to just the very first mm-hmm. few verses, which I thought was incredible in the way it came about. Yeah, in those first few verses, he still pulled out three Hmm. facets of faith for us to consider and think about and sharpen our understanding of. The first was this idea that it's a gift. How do you understand that? Because we've already said that faith is used in so many different ways. In the way that Jim was outlining on Sunday, how is faith a gift? And then maybe how is it not a gift? How is it sometimes misunderstood? Hmm. Yeah, I think Jim made an excellent case for why even just the belief in God, belief in creation, belief in what God has done is a gift because it is beyond our understanding. It's beyond our control. I love that he used so many incredible illustrations um, about, you know, believing in things that are unseen. Uh, My personal favorite is the idea of the wind. Wind is not a visible thing. It is invisible. And yet no one's going to say that wind doesn't exist because we can see it moving the trees. We can feel it on our face or shoving dust into our eyes. And so whenever there is something that is unseen, whether it's it's wind or uh, he talked about, you know, the chemical makeup of our bodies or how our minds work or, or electricity or all these different things, whenever it's something that's beyond our understanding, how else can you understand it except that it is a gift? God has given us this thing. It is beyond us and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. He pulled out a passage from Romans and it's one that I love. I, Romans chapter one, I believe, uh, verse 20 said, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood um, through what has been made so that they are without excuse. This idea that creation itself points to 
God because it is beyond our comprehension in so many different ways. And as much as we want to dig into it and understand it, and there are people who understand it far more, I'm sure, than I do, there are these untangible aspects of God that, again, we can only believe in because we've been given that gift of faith. We, we've been given the gift of, of God's word. I think that's the most prominent thing that comes to mind for me is in, in a world of uncertainty and instability and, and not sure what to believe, we've been given the gift of, of written scripture that we would hold as authoritative and, and hold as infallible and, and without error and that we can turn to and return to. And, and really, what, what do you call that except a gift that we have access to this where th- for thousands of years people did not have access to their own copy of the scriptures or or even any form of, of compiled document such as this. Yeah. I think he mentioned on Sunday as well, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and the spiritual gift of faith. Mm-hmm. In that passage, it seems like Paul is talking about to some he's giving this gift of faith, mm-hmm. but there's also a sense in which we're all given the gift of faith. Absolutely. So how do you differentiate between those two? What's he talking about there? I think it just, it's that idea of, of something that's, beyond the norm, perhaps. I was filling out a, a reference application for someone recently, and it, it, it was, you know, giving one of those one to five scales, and, and it would ask those questions like, okay, is this person likable, on a, or how do they relate with people on a scale of one to five? And the number five answer was always like, you know, number four was always good. It was like, yeah, they get along great with people. Number five was like, people seek them out because they're that likable that they want to have a relationship. And I think that's what I think of in this scenario too. You know, everybody who is a Christian has some, everyone who's a human being has some faith in something. We'll, we'll start with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But when specifically Christianity, everyone would be at least a number four on that one to five scale of having faith in God. Mm-hmm. And I think of it in that kind of way of there are certain people that you just think about and you know, people who are, you know, benchmarks of the faith within your church communities that you can think of that they just always seem to be a little more peaceful or always seem to turn to God immediately. Someone brings up a problem, let's pray about that. Someone brings up an issue or a struggle, you know, they have belief that God will resolve it in one way or another. And I think it's just that that above and beyond sort of perspective. Mm-hmm. Have you ever prayed for faith when you've lacked it uh, and then received it? And what was that like? You know, that's this gift of faith. I think Jim mentioned on Sunday too, of this man calling out for faith, mm-hmm. right? I have faith, I, I believe, but help my unbelief, Lord. And how God is a gracious and generous mm-hmm. God. He wants to give faith. He wants to bless us with that gift. Have you ever done that before? One of my favorite verses in the Bible, I've, yeah. I've quoted it a lot, probably even on this podcast before. Yes, I have. And I think I will say I find this a really interesting kind of idea because I'm not sure, for me at least, how often I can recognize the result of that in immediacy as God has now given me more faith. Like doubts just disappeared in a moment. Yeah. yeah. And, and and even if they did, even if that were the case, I think for me it's it's far more often that I, I notice the result of that. It, it's not like I sit back and say, oh, God just gave me more faith, but it's, it's often more, you know, maybe God gave me peace about that thing or I feel more comforted right now. I'm not, I realize I'm not worrying about that thing as much. And I tend to, I think in my mind at least, go towards you know, the, the Philippians 4, peace that surpasses understanding or the the um, First Corinthians comforts so that we can comfort others and and that kind of perspective when really it's, it is faith at the core that is driving those things, mm-hmm. you know, more hope in something, but all of that is because of increased faith. So I think it's easier to see the results rather than 
the product itself, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But, you know, easier to look back in hindsight and say, wow, I prayed for faith and God gave it to me mm-hmm. in these different ways, mm-hmm. I guess. Jim also taught on Sunday that faith is not only a gift, but it's a choice that we decide to exercise the gift of faith in a way. What does it look like in the moment of conversion, mm-hmm. conviction, of de- uh, conviction or doubt? What does it look like in those moments, boots on the ground? And what are some ways that we can and should choose to exercise faith? And what practically can I do when I feel like I'm lacking faith? Yeah, I think like with any choice we think about, it's it's doing something. It is that action. So the the classic thing I think about that, you know, has been taught to me in the past is, you know, the world wants to talk about love as a feeling or love as an emotion or love as chemistry. But we would say that love is is a choice in many ways, right? You you might not have those, you know, butterfly feelings anymore, but you can still choose to love that person, your spouse, your your child, whoever it is in that case. And I think it's the same here with faith is you might always not you might not always feel extremely faithful or, or have those feelings of comfort, but it's choosing to take action as if you did or choosing to take those actions. And I think that that exercises our faith. And so you talked about, you know, conversion. I mean, we would say you have to make a choice. You 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 confess before the Lord and you ask for his forgiveness and ask for his gift of eternal life that he has promised. Mm-hmm. It's the same with conviction. When we feel con- that conviction of sin, we, by faith, confess our sin. Uh, as First John says, believing that God is faithful and just to forgive us. You know, those moments of doubt, it's, it's asking for more faith, but making a choice mm-hmm. to say, you know, I could try and deal with this on my own, or I can make a choice right now to trust God in those aspects. I think of it kind of, I was talking with someone recently about the idea of, of housework. Um, so my wife and I, we both grew up in homes where, our mothers were primary that the household keepers, um, and they both have uh, how should I say it, specific ways of doing things. And we were talking about this idea that sometimes, as you know, couples get together, a marriage is formed. We bring in our own preconceived notions of how a house is run or how things happen. How sometimes we want the help of the other person, but because we're so, I'll use the negative term, controlling or have our own idea in mind of what that should look like, we don't always let the other person follow through, right? So if I really could use the help today of my wife vacuuming for us, but as soon as she's going, I'm criticizing the way that she's doing it or just going back and doing it myself or not letting her finish what she's doing and just jumping in and doing it myself instead, I'm not really engaging in that scenario. And I think the same is true of our faith is we can say, God, I need more faith. I need. I. I want to trust you in this circumstance in my life. But then we jump in and try and control the situation, and try and do everything ourselves, anyways. Hmm. And so I don't think that this means. You know, I don't think having faith means. You know, to use the cliche like let go and let God all the time. I don't think it means like we take no action whatsoever because we're trying to to act in faith. But I think it means actually being willing to do our part, but trust that God mm-hmm. is acting and trying to step back a bit, trying to get rid of the control. When when we've passed something off to the Lord, when we've handed over the reins, so to speak, actually let him do what we've asked him to do, mm-hmm. not just trying to do everything in our own strength. Jim closed his sermon by describing the discipline of faith. I think this is really connected to the former two mm-hmm. as well. I think they overlap. In your walk with Christ, how has this worked out, this discipline of faith, of 
making the choice in a disciplined way regularly, right? Um, how have you disciplined yourself to exercise faith on a daily, hourly basis? Um, I think it it's right kind of in the phrase. I know you're not supposed to use a dictionary definition to define the word itself um, or use the word in the definition rather, but I think spiritual disciplines, uh, the things that we would talk about in the, in, in the church, you know, uh, scripture reading, prayer, um, giving, things like that, I think those things can be really helpful in the process of exercising our faith. Because I think, as we've talked about this whole kind of session, faith is not one of those tangible things that we can always just do or or know that we are growing in. But I think it's grown by other methods more often uh, than not. So I think it's spiritual discipline like prayer and, and, and reading our Bible can be helpful in building habits that grow our faith. So that, you know, if we are disciplined in prayer, we will realize down the road that our our instinct more often than not when a negative situation comes up is to turn to God in faith through prayer. Mm-hmm. Or when we don't really understand something that's going on, we can, if we have a discipline of, you know, scripture reading, it becomes our instinct to turn mm-hmm. to God's word um, in those cases. Again, we use the illustration of the gym, G-Y-M, not J-I-M in this case. You know, people who want to work out. I'm sure there's some people out there who love going to the gym, but for the majority of people, it's a discipline. You know, it's it's I want to be healthy or I want to be more fit or I want to be more muscular, whatever that 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 goal is. So even on the days that I don't want to go, I'm going to force myself to do it mm-hmm. because I know it will help me in the long run and help big those build those habits. And I think it comes the same uh, with our faith, you know, even on the days I might not feel like praying or in the mm-hmm. situations where I don't feel like I want to turn to God for this issue, I'm going to force myself because I know it'll be helpful in the long run. Yeah. And, and I know that God's going to work through that. A follow-up question to that. Mm-hmm. Going to the gym, good example. That's really tangible. Yes. I drive to the gym. I go into the gym that's how I exercise discipline. You mentioned one before of exercising faith would be to turn to the Lord in prayer. That that's our default sure. mode. What else though, can I do to discipline myself to walk by faith? Like tangibly. I know intellectually I should be trusting the Lord. I should be doing certain things that, that discipline myself to walk by faith. And I do want to be a man that walks by mm-hmm. faith. But how do I grow in my ability to make that my default mode, that Mm -hmm. my choice is always faith and not doubt, or it grows in that direction anyway. Mm -hmm. Going to the gym, very measurable. Sure. Hey, I went to the gym today. Check. Discipline done. Even reading the Bible. I read the Bible. I did my devotions. Check. There's something tangible, measurable, reportable. Mm -hmm. Walking by faith though, how do I grow in that and grow in the discipline of doing that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's personal. I think it comes down to the what works well for you. I know you've mentioned a lot of times in your your sermon application the idea of like mnemonic devices, finding those things that we can have. I know a few weeks ago you mentioned the idea of, you know, putting a sticky note on your calendar and on your wallet to remind you when you're worried about your schedule or you're worried about your your funds, your cash, you know, turn to God first and, and, and those aspects. And I think those kind of things can be really helpful. Um, I think I've, I don't know if I've talked on the podcast. I know I've used this as an illustration before, the idea of like um, cell phone prayer. I've talked about in the past where, you know, if something happens in my life, my instinct is to want to pick up my phone nowadays and text my wife or, or text a friend about, whoa, you won't believe this thing that just happened to me. Or wow, like this really negative thing just happened and, and the Lord saved me. But what if my instinct was instead every time I grab my phone to pause 
and have that mnemonic device of I'm going to thank the Lord that he just protected me in that situation, or I'm going to thank the Lord for this incredible thing that just happened to me instead. So when it comes to tangibility, I mean, the, it's endless opportunity yeah. to find those things that point you to the Lord, whether it's intellectual, whether it's a physical thing, you know, finding other people, accountability, people who are, are trying to walk in the same direction. It's always easier to be motivated to go to the gym if you have a partner who's going to meet you there and who's going to, you know, spot you and help you push yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same when it comes to our faith is having someone else walking in the same direction um, that we're looking for. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, as with anything, it just comes down to doing and, and repeating and, and forcing ourselves to find ways to give up control. What are the areas of my life that I'm holding on to with mm-hmm. two very tight gripped hands and don't want to let go of? Well, maybe I need to find some way to force myself to let go of a little of that control and trust the Lord in that area instead. How do we differentiate between faith and just wishful thinking? Like an outsider listening to this conversation, that's not in the household of God. And I understand that our target here is primarily the household of sure. God. So this may be a moot question. But someone hearing us talk about faith, just walking by faith, someone that doesn't know Christ, that doesn't believe the word of God, they would just say, this is just wishful thinking. You're walking in ignorance. You're walking in a fairy tale land because it makes you feel better. It's been famously said, religion is the op- opioid of the masses, right? <laughs> that it just keeps us docile and keeps us hoping but how as a Christian do we understand faith as so much more than wishful thinking? What's the mm-hmm. difference between those two things? Yeah, when we talk about faith, or, or in this case, like biblical hope, um, which we've talked about on this podcast, I think, before, is it is hope in things that we are guaranteed for. Right. So in Hebrews 11, where yes. Jim read, he started by reading the definition that the Bible gives of faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. Like we weren't there to see it, mm-hmm. but we believe those things. So it's believing in concrete ideas mm-hmm. that we weren't around to see or things in the future that we don't see yet, but we believe sure. in them. And I don't want to, I want to be cautious here because I think Jim's going to preach on another part of this in a couple of weeks. So I don't want to cover hope too much here. Um, there is the aspect of hope that is this certainty that we can believe in because of what God has promised us, the God who cannot lie. When it comes to faith, which sometimes it is faith in those things we are guaranteed of. And in other cases, you know, you can have faith even when the result is not guaranteed, I think. So when it comes to, for instance, praying in faith for someone to be healed, there might be a miraculous healing where God steps in supernaturally and intervenes in that scenario. Perhaps not as common today. Maybe another way that God's going to heal that person is by um, surgery or a doctor or medical staff healing that issue maybe he's going to heal them by taking them home to heaven and and releasing them from this earthly fallen body um, in some other way or maybe his answer is they will be healed in the future or not yet or no not right now but it doesn't mean that we can't still have faith that god is working and so i think and that he's able that he's able absolutely and that he's constantly working and and his sovereignty is sometimes beyond our, our understanding his will is beyond our own um, so faith is, again, handing over the reins and saying, I'm going to believe that you can do this thing. I'm choosing to hope or ask in this case that you will do that thing. But I am also in that process of prayer, handing over to say, I am not God, but you are. And I trust that your will is greater than my own. And so in that case, faith is the assurance 
that you are God and you are good. And I'm going to believe in that thing, which I'm guaranteed of, which is that you are perfect in all your ways, that you are holy and set apart. And so I think it's that, you know, it's, it's yes. And it's all those different things combined together. You can see how all of these, that it is a gift, a choice and a discipline. They grow along with how much we know the giver of the gift of faith. Mm that we are not placing our confidence in things that are made up, that God has said, I'm like this. He's shown in the past, this is what he's like. And he's sure. promising to the future, here's what I will do. And we hope in those things because we know that he's made good on promises in the past. We know him intimately as Christians. We've met the Savior. He's mm-hmm. changed our lives. Yeah. He walks with us day by day. There are seasons of life where we doubt because we feel, because of our own sin, we feel far from God. But we often, just like the psalmist, often looks back and says, but you have been faithful, therefore you will be faithful. That is a a declaration of faith, is it not? Saying, Mm -hmm. I don't feel it right now, but I'm going to choose to believe something I know to be true, even though it doesn't feel real right now. And so there, what we know, what we believe by faith trumps even our feelings. In a sense, we're saying, I actually believe God's revelation more than my internal inclinations, which, boy... That is a hard thing to do with consistency, hence the discipline of faith, mm-hmm. right? And to, so I ask one of the things for me that's helped to discipline myself to walk in faith is to know more about yeah. the God who has made these promises. Absolutely. So that I can grow in my trust. Like I love talking with and hearing Jim speak and people like Jim because he's a man who's walked with the Lord mm-hmm. for a lot longer than I have. And you can just tell. Longer than we've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. I didn't want to. <laughs> But yeah, and I just see someone there and I hear someone that knows the mm-hmm. Savior in a way that I hope to one day know him. And people like that, they are swimming at faith, it seems. It's not that they never mm-hmm. have doubts, but they are just so confident in what the Lord has said. Yeah. I want to attach myself to people like that and to learn from them and be around them and, and pray that it's contagious in some mm-hmm. way that I can learn to walk in faith like people like Jim, but also many people in our church. Yeah. I think use the the illustration again of like a relationship with a person, mm-hmm. right? If you have just met this person, you're going out on a date and something, there's a bit of a red flag, you know, if you've just met them, you're probably just going to abandon ship and, mm-hmm. and, and pull up right away, right? And say, okay, not worth it. But if you've gotten to know someone over years and years and you've got to know them mm-hmm. in, in so many different ways, um, there comes a point where you're able to excuse, or not excuse, but mm-hmm. at least have faith that they still love you when they do something that doesn't feel good um, or doesn't feel uh, loving necessarily. And and to be able to move past that, forgive and to reconcile uh, together because you have that knowledge. And so I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's understanding more of who God is and what he's done and, and getting to know him more, which allows us to grow in our faith. It almost gets to the point where you know him so well that to disbelieve the promises he's made actually almost seems to take more faith than not than sure. actually believing him because you know him so well. It's actually incongruent to think that he would not make good on the promises he's made. Yeah. And that's the goal. We want to yeah. get to that place where we so grip the gift he's given us because we make the choice day after day, the discipline of faith, mm-hmm. that it is as much as the Lord allows it, as much as he is kind to us and gives us that, that gift of of faith that it is overwhelming to us and we walk in that truth. Mm, amen. Well, thanks for spending the time with us talking about a pretty tough, but so important and so joyful of a subject. But thanks for helping us uh, walk through it, Andrew. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are encouraged and learned something new. Visit oakridgebiblechapel.org 
to listen to sermons and for more information.